2: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156.
1: Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Tommy Dreamer, and Mickey James talk about the current state of women's wrestling in 2023. Is it on the right course? Or does there need to be a change? Also, right before her big match with Sheeta for the AEW Women's Championship, Anna Jay joins us right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Like, if I were to ask you, which I am going to do, like, what do you think of the current state of women's wrestling right now?
2: Um, I think that we have more talent and more stars than ever, like, and real good talent. You know, I think that where it lacks depth is the stories and storylines, honestly, like that's for me. um, If if we're talking about, because you know, it's one of those things of like, I'm a big story person. I'm a big character person. And one of my favorite things I saw, I guess this week was when Tony Storm lost the championship and this whole thing of her character change into this like damsel 1950s movie star kind of distressed thing. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like this was, that was so great. And I love Tony Storm, but it's just like more stuff like that. And like stuff that m- matches, uh, we love matches and matches are great. And you can go out there and see how someone wrestles. But if there's zero story behind it, nobody cares. It's just another match on the card, you know? And it's like, I'd like to see some of those. um, And I think that's why even like when we saw where it was like Trish and Becky got pulled from SummerSlam, it's because we were really invested in that story. Like they'd been that story had been going on for months now. So we all assumed that it was building to SummerSlam and then to have that match pulled from the card, you're like, wait, this is one of the stories that we've actually been following. This is one of the matches that we were actually looking forward to. And now we're not getting it. I personally feel like there's always a reason for everything. And hopefully that whole thing will pay off in a bigger way. So I'm, I'm hopeful about that, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's more about the stories and the character development and like that kind of uh, same attention to detail on that roller coaster ride to get there, to get to those payoffs as it is in any other, uh, any other matches, right? We talk about, oh, the equality and we scream about that a lot of like same type of time, same opportunities um, and all of that. But that also goes in line with the storytelling of television time. and And it's not like it needs you know, 10 minutes of TV time to tell a story. You can tell, you know, you can plant seeds and do it in little minute increments until you get to where you need to go, so.
1: I think storylines is always going to be that. I mean, you you need stories to get fans emotionally invested in what's going on with the character or personality. Matches itself are not going to do that, and I think one of the biggest criticisms, and we've talked about it on this show especially with AEW, it seems like it's usually at this time, like programmed at this moment, at this time, it's kind of predictable. And the last thing you want to do, especially with your audience, is be predictable because when it's predictable, right. it doesn't seem like it's as important. Obviously that changed last week because the women's match was in the main event and you got a title change, but, you know, there was that joke. It's like, oh, you know, women's match, it must be 9-23, As a matter of Mm -hmm. fact, I appeared on Sam Roberts' show, his, uh, you know, SummerSlam weekend. He did a show at the Detroit House of Comedy. And, you know, we were talking about predictions. And I was like, well, you know, maybe the match will be at 923. And it got a big pop from the crowd. Because, like, that's, you know, and it's unfortunate because that's the last thing you want to do is be predictable. Right. Right. Tommy, what do you think?
3: I'm just taking this all in. Um, there's a lot to it. Um, I know if I look at Impact Wrestling, there is long-term st- storytelling. There is at least two to three women's matches on a large or show. There's representation all throughout for and there's tons of character development. I just watched mm-hmm. like another thing. I mean, this Rosemary and Jessica thing has gone for the longest time. And also like the, but with the coven being the champs and Trinity, Diana, Mickey. <clears throat> um, and you could also see like the rise of, I mean, now they're the tag champs uh, with Masha when Masha was coming up. So, I mean, that it's always attention to detail and not just because they're women, it's because they're on the television show.
2: Well, that's impact though. And so it's like, you can't really include, we can't include impact in on women need more opportunities on television because impact is probably the only company that really truly spotlights and highlights their women in the same vein that they do their men.
3: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, Every and you know this. I mean, booking 101 for me, and it was a big thing that I couldn't like fathom when I was in WWE. When it was like there are people there that just don't matter, and right. at times I was one of them, right? And I was just like, you know, when you have cold matches, you could be working super duper hard. Imagine if this person had a little bit of a storyline, right? And yes, I get it. If you're if you're contract coming up and they're just going to beat you um i still don't even like that because then you're beating somebody who with no value
2: um and if so, you beat nobody then you're a nobody it doesn't
3: won't beat nobody um <laughs> so th- there's a lot to with that there's a lot to go like the behind the scenes of why things happen um there's also when and, and bully and i had discussed this last week when you're talking about ratings, if you look at your ratings and then you see where is it high, where is it low? It's so hard to tell because some week the, you know, Rosemary and Jessica could be the highest rated segment. And then the next week they could be the lowest rated segment. You just never know people's patterns. Uh, And I'm not saying that's that's how it is. I'm just saying I'm using them as an example. You know um, this all. You you said it the one way, Dave. Uh, social media. This started because a fan had a sign up during Britt Baker and Ty's match.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: A spot got messed up, <clears throat> and the world ignited over a mess up. And even then, the real part. Uh, and I love Ty, and I think she's fabulous. You know, she went out the next day and was just like, you know, hey, to wake up and see all these things like, but. Bo- there's a real person behind this. And then you're attacking me uh, because of something that's wrong. And then and there,
2: kind of- I found that very interesting because I go like the world came after, not the world, because I love Taya fans came after Taya, but there were two people in that match, three people when you count the referee. So not like, you know what I mean? It's like the, the venomness against her in that match when I didn't see that same then I'm going after Brit. I didn't see any of that going after the ref or it was only directed at her. And it's like, that's so gross because I get if it's your favorite or whatever, but at the same time, if a match is great, it's great because of the participants in the match and the story behind it. If the match is awful, it's awful because of the participants in the match and the story behind it or whatever. It's never one person's fault, right? Like it's never one thing sorry i digress i no, got no. really upset about that it's, I, it's like this culture of like you know so
3: you that, should get upset about I it.
2: i was pissed i was pissed and i felt for I Taya too. because i'm going like this is bullshit like ty is awesome she's amazing and for them to like like for this whole like army of whoever it doesn't really matter right like because such a minority of minority but they and, and i feel bad that she even sold for it because it doesn't they don't it doesn't matter but at the same time, it kind of does matter when you're already beating yourself up over a match because, you know, as a performer, whether that was your best performance or not your best performance. But then to be like, oh, it's your fault. And it's like, no, it's it's not my it's our our fault that you know what I mean? Or it I was think,
3: uh, Dana Brooke got it or- as well. Yeah, Dana Brooke right. got it a few waking weeks. waking up the that. next day, being told how bad I am, how much I suck at my job, blah, blah, blah. Uh, By people is. who couldn't
2: even like walk, get into the ropes. You know what I mean. By couldn't even like step through the ropes properly. So it's just like, okay.
1: But I well, think I'm we're talking. talking about, but I'm sorry, Tommy. But I think we're talking about two different things.
2: I know I think, we went on a tangent. Uh, yeah, but, I'm just gonna. But I think I
1: both. But
3: I think it. both. But this both, is how it really did start. Yes. yes. And I think and then right. it went to like what Mickey said. It went from the that social uh, that viral stupid sign to oh, we're pulling Trish and Becky.
2: Mhm.
3: and honestly is trish medically cleared to wrestle there this is what i'm saying there's the behind the scenes thing if what i was saying when me and bully got behind we were talking about because you said oh and then all of a sudden i don't know if it was a knee-jerk bob was like oh it was a knee-jerk reaction to put the women in the main event the i don't know the ratings uh for the last week but i did see ratings down so then if i'm looking at the statistical number and I'm a ratings person when I'm running my company. Well, I did this and my ratings dropped. Right. Am I gonna put them back in that position? No. Right. If I put Tommy Dreamer to back cleanup and he goes oh for four and strikes out four times, is Tommy Dreamer gonna back cleanup again? No. Right. So these are all the different ways to look to look at things. Mickey said it the best when you know they you have storylines and it's not like, hey, here's a promo uh this week or a backstage or a confrontation then we wrestle next week
2: right that's not um, storyline i don't know what that is well, that's I, just like a setup
1: i and and one thing i want to say cuz this is a very and and an hour or two of this show we're going to open up the phone lines because i want the nation to help us with this conversation as well cuz i'd like to get some ideas from the nation how we can better the women's division Across the board and in, in all companies, though, I do agree with you both that I think Impact does by far the best job when it comes to their women's division. But Tommy, you-
2: they always have, and they did it before it was trendy or before it was any of that stuff. And I agree with Bully. I think the the main event thing it was awesome. I love to see it, but I also felt like it was a very knee jerk reaction. I agree to what with was that too. I agree. Media. I
1: agree with that too. But um, but but Tommy, you mentioned the sign, and this is where I got to disagree with you. You said that stupid sign, but. I don't think the sign had anything to do with the performers that were in the ring. I think that sign had to do with like, man, we need to do better with the women in this division. Like it was a sign that said, when, you know, the women deserve better. I think it's more about like the booking of the women, putting them in better spotlights and, and making, you know, better stories where there's more meat on the bone so mm-hmm. that you're as invested in what the women are doing as the men are doing. And, for a while you know 4 or 5 years ago that was happening i think we've kind of gotten away from it i, I actually think that the last calendar year that we've kind of taken a step back in that cuz i think we were looking at the women as main eventers and a lot and some shows the women were the main storyline on the show i think the last year we've kind of gotten kind of gotten away from that a little bit, and I think it's become a little formulaic, at least in my opinion. And I, I agree with that sign that I think the women do deserve better. And it's, I didn't look at it as pointing the finger as those two women that were in the ring. But let's be honest in AEW, probably the biggest stories are going on off the grid than what's going on in front of the camera or in the ring you know, their dirty laundry has kind of been aired out, and now it's become common knowledge, and that's what people are talking about. And that's not what should be talked about. It should be what's what's on the TV shows and what's
2: going on in the ring. And unfortunately, right now, it's the opposite. Well, that's the risk you take when you do a show like that because wrestling fans want to know. It's just like a magician or whatever. They want to know the secrets. They want to know the the behind-the-scenes. They love that. That's why dirt sheets and all these things are so successful is because they feel like they can get, you know, through the telephone game of like a a person's word of another person's word of another person's word of like the back behind the scenes. So now that it's getting presented to them actually, you know, from the programming. So they're, you know, anything that they're putting out there as part of their program and they're going like, oh, this is the truth. This is like the real deal. It's not like telephone game rumor gossip. This is real. And, um, so then, you know, that, and that is a risk. That was a risk that they took with tough enough and with all those other types of insider types of shows and look at how the business has changed because of that. Like, I remember when tough enough first came out, I'm like, uh, I don't know, because I feel like this is going to be too much for the fans. Like we shouldn't let them in this much. I think it's great. It's awesome for the, for the contestants, but even like total divas, I was like, uh this is a great opportunity for the women involved but it doesn't really present the women in the best light because uh, you're making our girls look very catty and very like and these women are tough women like these are really strong women to be on the road 250 days out of the year traveling and doing all these things it's not as catty as you guys are presenting it and it makes us look as in the term diva it looks makes us look like a legit bunch of divas but not in the positive connotation you know what i mean
0: this is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a XM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on XM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal
1: Head to factormeals.com slash busted50 and use code busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code busted50 at factormeals.com slash busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You know, a lot of things have been trending about the women deserve better, women deserve to be booked better. Um, and I think, Mickey, you were very honest in the first hour of today's show about some of the things that need to happen, and storytelling being one of them. And let's use the WWE. And you talked about uh, a match being pulled and is now going to be on Monday Night Raw next week with uh, with Trish and with Becky Lynch. We did still get two very different matches at SummerSlam. We had the Triple Threat match, and then we had the MMA match uh, spirit of the fight, if you will, match between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. I mean, for the WWE, Mickey, how do you think that the women are doing right now, storyline-wise and performance-wise?
2: Oh, my God, they're amazing. And, and story like, it's the stories that are a little bit... They're not as deep, obviously, except for the Trish and Becky one. Like, that one was pretty deep. And I think, honestly, from the fans' perspective, I think that it was more like they felt like they lost that match... And then they gained the Ronda Shayna match, which was also awesome and different, or whatever. But it had didn't have the same story going into it. The people that weren't as behind it, and also in the fans' perspective, because this is the fans, they're going like, okay, here's our Hall of Famer and and Becky Lynch, who have been building the story and and obviously hate each other. Going into this match. And now we lose that match, but we gain because, you know, Ronda Rousey and nothing on Ronda. I love Ronda and she's a draw. So I can understand from the company's perspective why they would do this, but they felt like they lost that match that they were really looking forward to and they got this match instead, you know? Um, And so I I think that was a little bit to it, which nobody's really kind of said. Yeah. As to like, that's that's a real key component of that whole, like why people were kind of really pissed off about it but hey it's a good I think that it's a really great thing when the fans come back and they acknowledge when they're pissed off about something because if they think that the companies don't listen they do see it and they do listen you know so hopefully that response makes the writers and the creative and whoever else go like oh shit like actually they are and we need to do something even bigger and better with it that's what I would hope would come out of something like that And to
1: your point with AEW, that sign, and they actually did a close-up on that sign. The following week, the women had the main event, and you saw a a title change in that main event as well. So whether you think it was— I don't
2: think that happened because of the sign, though, David. I think that happened because of the outrage on Twitter and the whole Lufisto thing and everything else where they're going like, uh, you know— where she was kind of very vocal and called out, however, you know, the toxicity and I I say that or whatever there. And because of that, and then all the women then went and went after her uh, for speaking, you know, for, for telling her opinion or whatever. And then because of that, that's why I think they got the main event. I don't think it was, I don't think it had anything to do with the sign. I think that was just a convenient sign, which was interesting that in that match, that was the sign they chose to cut to. Um, but I don't think that was done on purpose. You know, I think it was just like a cutaway and then it happened to see that sign or whatever else. I don't, I don't really know. However, I don't think that that main event spot was more as more because of the sign as it was much about like what was happening on the internet and the fire and the little fire. And they were trying to put out that, you know, that fire kind of saying like, oh, we do give our women ample stuff, opportunities and stuff. I don't really. That's my opinion. Well, no,
1: in that toxic environment that was being talked about even before that day where that uh, that sign was showed or the stuff that was coming out on social media. And, you know, and that seems to be out there. So for both of you, I throw this question out to both of you. When you have that perception that, that the locker room is toxic and it's out there publicly, what can you do to change it? Like AEW right now, unfortunately that women's division is tagged as being toxic and being an issue and being a problem. How can you change that perception?
2: Um, I don't think it's fair to say that only the women's locker room is said to be that way. Cause that's not, I think what, what it is, is aside from the, you know, a few veterans, you got Jericho, you got Christian and there's obviously veterans there, but it's a lot of young talent. You know what I mean? And you think back to, I mean I think back to myself as a young talent and how my mindset was then compared to now, you know, I think that you feel like you're the whole world's against you and you know whatever else. I I think it's a it's a it is the environment in the sense of everyone's really young and immature and they're making a lot of money for the first time in their lives and they're getting these amazing opportunities that they fought for and wouldn't get an opportunity for elsewhere and now they're part of this You know army and these and this this whole thing of like they're giving the the you know the company that would wouldn't give us a chance is now you know now we have a company that is giving us a chance and look at us winning and it's amazing it's amazing to see um so i think there's a little bit of that of like we built this and this is ours and you know these are our fans and you know it's great to have that however but i don't think it's exclusive to the women i think it's in the men's locker room as well it's just that women tend to be more um vocal on social media and and kind of go to those things than men do because men just honestly no sell it or they're talking about it in the car or they're whatever i mean that's um that's my opinion i I think that obviously um that's always been a thing of like oh it's toxic there and listen there's no smoke without fire like you're not going to get these common like um things of like oh this is toxic this is toxic and then all the you know everyone who's making money and who's doing great and maybe got the corporate email or whatever else then going like oh no we're awesome and it is like i'm sure it is for those people you know that it is awesome i'm also sure that for some people it's not so awesome that's the same as it is anywhere um but i do think that um some real leadership because it is such a young locker room, some real honest leadership. And they have people that can kind of step up and play those roles. I mean, Soraya has been in the business since she could breathe, you know, so she's seen every aspect and capacity of it. They just brought in Sarah stock. And so I hope that the the women's locker room is Sarah's been everywhere and done everything. And so I hope that they are truly listening to her um, and her opinions and, uh, that's kind of what she was brought in for in that role. So I hope that that role is respected, um, on all aspects. And I hope that Tony would defer to Sarah stocks opinion and, uh, feedback before he does the talent in his personal relationship with the talent. Um, because I think that one is a business relationship and not a personal motive. Um, you know, conversation. Yeah. So there's a lot of little factors and with a, a growing and learning company and a baby company, because we have to, it's still kind of, I mean, it's only a toddler at this point, you know, and and it's amazing to see all the success, but there's going to be growing pains. And I think that shifted because it was built on, you know, we're doing this together, this is us. But now we've reached a a point at this company where you need some real structure with some real leaders and real producers and agents that are gonna go and keep the talent in check and keep them in line and their egos, you know, cause we all have them and we all need to get them checked every now and then, so.
1: And, And I think the biggest thing, Mickey, you said is that, and I think people tend to forget it. And I know I say it a lot here on Busted Open, but it is a young company. I mean, it it's it's yeah. you know when we see all in uh, at the end of this month, that's just approaching the five year anniversary of this company, not even the time that aew Dynamite has been on the air. And you said something I didn't even think about it. And Tom, I want to get your take on this as well is that you know, there's a lot of young athletes on this roster that are making money for the first time. And you know, just like in professional sports, there's people in place, like I know in the NFL. There's people in place. There's rookie symposiums because a lot of these athletes for the first time are going to be having a lot of money in their pockets, but also being in the spotlight for the first time as mm-hmm. well. And you have to be taught how to deal with that. And not everybody can deal with that. And Tommy, it is a young company. I I, I understand where Mickey's coming from that you're going to have to, you're going to have to really lean on a lot of mentors in order mm-hmm. to, to find success, because this is a crucial time for AEW. It's still young, but you're past that honeymoon period, and you are going to rely on that talent, and they're probably going to have to lean a little bit on these mentors. Like, Tommy, I know you're a mentor in the Impact locker mm-hmm. room. You need people like that in order to succeed.
3: When I was explaining myself at the gathering, what did I say? When I have all these people talking, what did I say? I do. I lay out yeah and i listen and listen man there's i was in a locker room and i saw bobby fulton and arn anderson standing and i went up to both of them and i said you guys want a chair there was a whole locker room full of people that nobody and they were sitting
2: offered him a chair
3: and both guys said no and then arn pulled me aside i said thank you for that respect And I was like, always, what are you talking about? And he's like, no, he goes, uh, it doesn't happen. It doesn't. uh, It shouldn't be lost.
2: Because it wasn't taught though, Tommy.
3: No, that, but that's the other part. That's the problem. But I can't say it isn't taught because if I'm at a party and I see an older person standing, then that's also, I feel common sense.
2: Yes. Um, but in life, in, the, in 2023, I don't know that that's as much taught no, anymore.
3: But, you know, uh, from. You had asked a lot of questions, Dave. I mean, one, how do you change that perception? Perception is reality. Uh, that is something that you're ingrained in it. How do you change it? You have to change that reality if that's the case. I also don't ever go from what I read on the Internet and what Mickey said, it's in every locker room, in every company, you're going to have some, I used to joke with him and I'm not, you know, calling it. I said, if Taz had every title, he would complain. His bag was too heavy. And he's like, <laughs> <"Huh>, You're right. <laughs> right. But mm-hmm. everyone, you look at the history of wrestling, the top of top guys from Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, uh, Brad Hart, ultimate warrior. Once management decided to take the title off them, well, this is where they started to become a problem. Why? Because I wanted my run to last forever. Well, I would have done it this way. I would have done it this way. Cool. You are not the boss. But there's always been a split. And I'm just talking from the tippy top. And I'm just talking about the history of professional wrestling. Always happens. Um, if you want to have something that, you know, is super duper important, it's called longevity mm-hmm. because like, yes, they're about to hit this monumental uh, show coming up uh, with Wembley. What happens after? What happens after that? Hey, I, I wrestled every single night. I said last week from Tuesday to Sunday, Every time I went out there, what did the people chant? ECW. ECW was in business for eight years. Think of that. Our body of work stood for itself, but it was gone after eight years. We don't want this right. thing to go away. And I know there was times we had to change stuff. When the Attitude Era in WWE was blowing up, what did I always say? When your competition's going right, you go left.
0: Mm-hmm. When
3: We had people breaking tables in the first match and then the second match paul as the boss stepped in and said no more breaking tables when philadelphia kind of the ecw arena kind of got stubborn or took us for granted paul said i'm leaving i want these people to realize how special we are and right. we took we took it out on the road and didn't go every single month it's it's leadership and it starts at the top and then that trickles down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels, very, very vocal about how he was, blah, 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 If Shawn Michaels wasn't the greatest performer in the world, Shawn Michaels would not have received that attention that Vince McMahon did. If he was opening act, see you later, this guy called Shawn Michaels. Right. Um, so... It, it it's so many different uh things and again like i can never go by the internet
1: that's the that's the toughest thing yeah. but 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 i think it's more than that it's even individuals and wrestlers firing back on social media they're involved in it and they're fighting with fans like in, and you brought up Shawn michaels and Shawn michaels was a guest on this show and the one thing that I came out from that interview and it really opened up my eyes and, I, and we talked about it, Tommy, is that, you know, one of the reasons they love collegiate athletes is because the collegiate athlete already understands about teamwork and being a part of a team. With these wrestling companies, I would feel like, yes, you're a part of a team and you all have to work together. And I just feel like right now, again, Tommy, you're right. I'm not there. I'm not in the locker room. This is, but this is perception wise. And I can only speak about it perception wise. Perception wise, it seems like it's a mess. Because you have all these accusations. You have wrestlers coming to certain wrestlers' defenses, but not other wrestlers. And you have people that visit the locker room saying, like, there, you need to be a, put a tourniquet on this and stop the bleeding. Where I feel like, man, AEW has to start working together as a team. And if they are working together as a team, and this is just internet fodder, and this is just social media bullshit, well, then you got to then stop. No, I don't want to hear anybody talk about this anymore on social media because it's making our roster look bad and it's making our company look bad. Like, that has to happen, and that has to happen right now because it just looks bad. Again, is it reality? Maybe, maybe not. But perception-wise, like you said, Tommy, after a while to the fans, perception becomes reality because that's all they see and that's all that they know. Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast, where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports. NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite, drops daily anywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 Eastern on Mad Dog Unleashed,
2: Sirius XM Channel 82, or anytime on the SXM app. It is my first time really getting to talk to this lovely lady who has a huge, a huge opportunity tonight for the AEW's Women's Championship in a title match. Miss Anna J. Good morning.
4: How are you? Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Yes. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Um, I am a David. little nervous right now, but I'm feeling okay. I've got my coffee in me, but I'm nervous yep. for the whole day. So it's got started. Got bucks. Yeah. I, yes. I, listen,
2: Starbucks, I, not the Young
4: bucks. I understand. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I understand why you're nervous. Everybody gets nervous before they speak to me here on Busted Open, but don't be. <laughs> like we're gonna have fun. Yeah. We're gonna have a Should fun I, time. You? No, but I was gonna say that you and I share something in common.
4: Okay.
1: We share this, we share the same birthday, July fifteen. Now it just happens to be really? seventeen years apart, but but <laughs> we, we we share the same birthdays, July fifteenth. So wow. happy belated birthday to you.
4: Oh, Will my you God, too. that's my stepdaddy's birthday, too. Wow. No way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, we're all cancers. You're
2: little crabby crabs. I yep. love crabby crabs. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
3: I was going to say that could be the worst icebreaker ever. Yeah.
2: We're going to pinch around.
3: It wasn't like it was <laughs> planned, but I get it. Uh, Anna J, how are you? Uh, I don't know anything about you except for what I see on television um your journey I'm always very very fascinated about it how did you a get like hooked into wrestling and then your training and where did all that come from
4: yeah so I grew up watching it kind of like most people who get into wrestling and my dad was a huge wrestling fan so he would be watching it every week uh tuning in and my brothers it's kind of a joke like neither of them would sit down and watch it with him but I would and I loved it So I would just watch it every week and I kept telling my parents like this is something I really want to do and surprisingly they were kind of like okay like if you really want to then you should go for it they were very supportive. Um, And then I went to college for a year after high school wasn't really sure what I wanted to do wasn't sure how to get into wrestling there were no schools around where I was living. And I met a family friend glacier uh, from WCW Uh, Ray Lloyd is his name. And he is a family friend of mine and told me that he was opening up a school with QT Marshall in Atlanta called the uh, not the Nightmare Factory, the Nightmare Factory now, but it was the Power Factory then. And he invited me to come see and check it out and see if it was something that I really wanted to do. So I went to a camp and I loved it. I'd never even stepped foot in the ring at this camp, but I just watched everything. I was in the environment and I was like, you know what, this is something I really want to do. So I ended up finishing the semester of school, moving to Atlanta full-time, and then started my training.
3: Did you have a favorite growing up?
4: Yes, the Bella Twins. I know that's pretty cliche, and I've said it every time, but they are really who got me into it and really kind of made me think, like, okay, this is something I can do. They can do it. I can do it.
1: You know, it's, nice. it's funny with the Bella Twins. I think that's a great answer because having them on the show, they're very inspirational. And, you know, they also show a different side than just the wrestling side. And obviously we're seeing that play out, you know, in their lives. But my question is more about just the feeling and what you're feeling. You know, you grew up a fan and here you are a part of AEW on television tonight, a championship match on live TV. Like, how does that make you feel? And, And probably maybe as important, your family. You say your family watched as well. Like, just talk us through that.
4: Oh my gosh, yeah, it's it's really the coolest thing to be able to talk about it with my dad and now. Like I said, he was a fan and who really got me into wrestling. Um, He's so happy and so proud, and it's really a cool thing that we get to share now and get to talk about. He, you know, loves to question me pretty much weekly, which I sometimes get annoyed by, but I'm very grateful for it. And like I said, he's the reason that I'm in in this. So I'm very happy and it's very cool. And, you know, I wish that they could be here tonight, but they're not going to be, but they'll be watching for sure. But yeah, going into something like this tonight is super nerve wracking, but this is what I wanted. This is what I dreamed of. And I'm just happy to be here.
2: Mm -hmm. Love it. That's amazing.
4: It's amazing to see because I've watched your journey
2: and stuff. And obviously, you know, you're with Jungle Boy as well. And so yeah. his growth and everything on the show, both you two together and then separately. And I think it's a huge, obviously, opportunity. I mean, is this your this is your first chance at the women's title,
4: correct? Oh, gosh, no. Unfortunately, I've challenged for it a few times, but i oh. uh, never been successful. But yeah, I've only wrestled. No, you're fine. I wrestled Sheeta twice now. And mm-hmm. one time was for the championship, but it was during the pandemic where there were no fans. Right. So This will be the first time with me wrestling her in front of people, which I wow. think will be really cool. That's exciting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Growing up too. Cause my dad was a big wrestling fan and that's kind of how I fell in love, in love with the business and really mm-hmm. became a fan because my mom wasn't a fan. Um, she supports it now and she's like totally cool with it now. But then it was just like, Oh, this is... Um, but my dad is why I was so passionate about it and why I loved it so much. And so to have that bond is, I think it's really important and it is cool. And I totally get that. Cause my dad will still call me
4: with yes. news.
2: Like, Oh, did you hear about this? And I'm like, I think yeah, dad. It's I
4: you know Yes. You My know. dad does Do hear the that? same thing. I'm like, I don't really know if that's true, but thank you yeah. for letting me know.
2: Yeah. But it's cool that and it's cool too because you can see that like uh, you know, when they're so, so proud of you, um, and to be able to go after something that you and you still can keep that kind of commonality like link and it's still that's amazing. Um, what are your goals like obviously you have the title championship tonight but do you have you gotten to that point of we are going like okay I'm really starting to build my steam I'm really starting like have you set those goals of like I am going to be AEW women's champion I am going to you know what what do you see for there
4: yeah I mean that's definitely the goal and I think that's kind of everyone's goal at least one day to hold a championship in wrestling because that's kind of like a token of you know, what you've worked for. But I think for me right now, especially like with my experience and being so new and, you know, and I'm not that new anymore, but I am new as far as match numbers, you know, I've not had as many matches with a lot of the girls, but I think right now is really, I just want to keep getting better and keep doing what I'm doing and keep getting reps and keep getting, you know, advice from all of these people that we have in the back and just keep going on this way. I do feel myself getting more comfortable and I do feel myself, you know, trying new things here and there. And I think, like I said, if I stay on this, that I'll get better and, you know, hit my goal of being a great women's wrestler and hit my goal of being the champion. But I think it's just kind of a day by day process for me at least. And Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with taking it day by day. And I'm okay with just getting better and that being my goal right now.
1: How is it how how is the process of getting better? Like, you know, we hear a lot about the locker rooms in pro wrestling. What's it like in the AEW locker room and the mentors that are there? to, to get you to that next level.
4: Yeah, it's really great. And I'm sure you guys have heard this too. It's like, you know, you have all of this knowledge coming from everywhere. i um, trying to think of some people recently who have D Malenko recently has been helping me some, and he is just incredible. And also just a very sweet, generous man. So it's cool learning from him. And obviously he's just incredibly talented and incredibly knowledgeable um Jericho of course you know being with him has really been helpful he's helped me a lot I think talking wise even more than wrestling and so it's cool to have different people for different aspects of the business um so like those two right now I feel like have been super helpful but there's tons more I mean Jerry Lynn's been helpful um I would say Madison Rain she's super helpful and always helping the women week to week but there's like I said tons of people in the back that are helping all the time
3: Uh, I wanted to ask you about the Jericho Appreciation Society. Not only do you have a big match, but there's also, there's some dissension going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, You guys confronted Jericho. He's your leader, which I also think is pretty cool that your dad grew up watching wrestling. Obviously he watched a lot of Chris Jericho and here is, you know, daughters in his group, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, on a big day for you.
4: Yeah. They've got me stressed today. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I told him he was selfish to his face. So I think this week might not be looking too good for the group. Uh, I don't really know what it holds. But yeah, there's a lot going on today. So I have that and a championship match. So I'm trying not to be too stressed because I know if I do, I won't perform the way that I want to in the match. So yeah, there's a lot going on. And it is super cool. Like you said that my dad gets to see this and then see me be working with Jericho. It's like I never thought that this would happen. And I even said to like working at a company with him, alone is a huge deal. But then whenever I got to join his group, I was, it just didn't feel real.
3: Right. Uh, If I could just offer you a a piece of advice, that same ring that you're going to be performing in tonight is the same ring that you've performed in a bunch of times, as well as the same ring that you trained in. It's the same exact size. So your body of work got you a contract. So be confident in what you did because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And don't worry about your your nerves shouldn't be there. Um, obviously, it's going to happen. But confidence, like, it comes. But if you really think about how many reps you've done from training from day one, you got a contract. And I there's millions of women out there, millions of men that don't have contracts. So your body of work got you to the dance already. So continue that dance.
4: Yeah, that's great advice. It's the same ring. That makes me feel a little better. It is. <laughs> yeah. You're right.
3: I mean, honestly, like Daily's Place, when you were there, same thing. Just because it's on television, just because there's a lot of people there, this is an opportunity. Uh, you're in there with one hell of an opponent. And go out there and tear it up because someone, your boss, fought enough of you from that same ring to offer you a contract and change your life. So just continue on that path.
4: Yes, okay. thank you. That's great advice.
3: Yeah, I'm full yeah. of some good advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tommy that's in Sunshine Jerry is, is what we
4: call him.
2: Don't listen to
3: Jerry Lynn. He picked Rob Van Damme. Oh, no.
2: No, you named some amazing. Dean is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And I know you said, oh, I'm not that still young, but you are. You know, you think about it. And I think that I was going to say for my advice was to, like, Mm -hmm. be kind and patient with yourself because you are still very young in the business and still very young as, as a woman. But you know, you have a massive opportunity and it's really difficult. And when you say, oh, the Bellas were a big inspiration because I find this to be true for them too, is like to learn on television, it takes a tremendous amount of strength. And um, it's hard. It's hard because you're under the scrutiny of a public and you have learned a lot on television. We've watched you grow on television, you know, because you had only been wrestling how long when you got signed?
4: Um, when I got signed, I think I had only had six professional matches. So, exactly. yeah, That's awesome. exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, so then great. to see
2: that transformation from that baby, baby J to now <laughs> what you blossom into, it's been amazing, and it's not been that long to see it happen. So, you know. To have this kind of opportunity at this point of your career. And now you say, oh, I've had a couple and I've lost. I mean, tonight could be your night and it could be amazing. That's but right. it's you. just the beginning. You're just starting to scratch the surface if you, if you really think about that and yes. how much further you have to go. So
4: that yes, was thank you. Hard. I agree. I'm yeah.
2: I'm actually looking forward to talking about
1: a new AEW Women's Champion tomorrow Get here it, David. on Busted that's Open. Right. <laughs> that's, what we're gonna, that's, right. that's what we're going to be talking, because if I'm making a prediction right now, and I'm making it, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that Anna Jay is going to be your new AEW Women's Champion.
4: Wow, that is a great prediction. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I love the confidence from you.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tommy's pep talk got me all confident up, now. I'm all right? fired up. There you go. Um,
4: I'm gonna be listening to that in my head today.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I it's hope you and I hope you're listening tomorrow because we're gonna be talking about it and again tonight on Dynamite, AEW Dynamite tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time, and our guest Anna Jay going up against your AEW Women's World Champion, Shida. It's going to be one hell of a match. And Anna J, thank you so much. I know it's an important day for you. I know this is, is the biggest match of your career. So appreciate you taking the time to talk to us before it. Thank you so much. Yeah.
4: Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Open Trial to start your free trial
0: today.